Podcasting from Astrolab Studios, this is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, Westworld, Episode 5. Running out of intuition. That debate starts in a few hours and we still haven't any idea who that robot is. And I'm climbing up a wall. Why would Quaid want to kill the governor? What could he possibly gain? The other candidate isn't one of his men. Well, when you're climbing up that wall, would you try and figure out why Quaid hasn't made another move against Nicholson? I'm straight on that. He was trying to mislead us, turn us towards Nicholson while he went another way. Maybe. You know, I'm getting worried. Why? Because I've never seen you worried like this before. Welcome to Continuum Drag and our final Beyond Westworld podcast. I'm Luke with my steadfast companion, Jordan. Oh, I like that. How are you doing, Jordan? Pretty good. I'm very happy that we're, uh, we're done Beyond Westworld. It yeah. seems that at both the same time that we've spent a long time on it and also that it went by very quickly. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one. It, uh, Do you know what it is? It was... it, this has been fast, us talking about it, but actually watching the episodes... Dragged are, on for They weeks. just drags on and on and on. It seems like each episode is about three hours long. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to disagree. They're right. pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you'll really want to listen to this? <laughs> just keep staying on yeah. for more Beyond Westworld. Yeah. All right, Jordan. Mm-hmm. You want to play a game? Yeah, of course. I didn't always, make it up. You, you made the game, not Oh, me. that's true. Uh, yeah, so uh, this is a little thing we played uh, We played with Tech War, and I thought it'd be fun to try again and maybe tweak a little bit. So I've called it something slightly different. Kiss gently on a mission, start a committed relationship, or shoot them out of a submarine. That sounds good to me. Okay, so the first one is pretty easy. We got your classic John Moore, Simon Quaid, and a little just uh, weird third one, Joseph Oppenheimer. The, so those are the three. Uh, the three male well, leads. Yeah, the three male leads. You got your uh, your classic, classic leading man, your villain, and uh, old bow tie. Great. Um, he wears bow ties. I don't know if we've mentioned it. He wears bow ties in every episode of Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer? Yeah. Every single episode he wears a bow tie. I haven't even noticed. Yeah. I am going to kiss gently on a mission, Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. start a committed relationship with Quaid, and shoot John Moore out of a submarine. I could not agree more. I picked the exact same. Quaid has ambition. You want that in a long-term relationship. Someone who's going to like strive to do better. Yeah, and he he doesn't have a job, and he still he still seems to have enough uh, finances to keep these robots going. So he's doing something right. Yeah, he, he's got his life. He's going to shit together. And John's a weenie. Let's get rid of him. Shoot John, him out. John's the worst. Yeah. Throw him out of that. And I mean Oppenheimer. We don't. Uh, you learned of, in five episodes. We've learned literally nothing about the character there's been no character development almost no screen time so we he who knows what he's like we don't know anything so sure let's very start with sexy him. mystery, the mystery yeah, yeah. Of well it's i don't know about that but sure so that's that's the first one so round two is uh new people laura garvey who we remember from the first episode, first episode before she was her replacement Pam, yeah her replacement pamela williams and just to throw something else in there ruth avery from the from the music episode oh <laughs> yeah that's a fun one yeah, what do you think? Kissing gently on a mission. I'm gonna go with Pam. Start a committed relationship. I'm gonna go with Ruth. Mm-hmm. And 
sorry, Garvey, you're getting shot out of a submarine. Hmm. See, we I, I knew it was gonna happen. We disagree. I think I would uh kiss uh kiss Pamela. Uh I think I'm gonna go in a relationship with Laura. I felt bad for her, and I think maybe that she had a lot more to offer than the show gave her. And uh I'm shooting Ruth out of the uh submarine because she would really annoyed me with all the singing. Back back to Nashville with you. I am not surprised. I know the singing bothered you a lot. She's so meek though. What more could you want in a relationship? Well, she can sing all the way out into the water. <laughs> That's enough of her. Although, big surprise you picked Laura to be in a relationship with. Yeah, all right. Uh so round three. Uh this is we I started realizing I'm running out of characters already because there's really very few characters. Is uh I don't even know their name. The submarine captain. <laughs> He's one. Uh the sunglasses band member. Or the old football quarterback. So we're just choosing between robots now. Um, All three of those were robots. All three of those were robots. You know what's funny? I didn't even think of that. I just thought of characters. Yeah, you're right. So you're picking between robots. So, I mean, there's some issues there. (laughs) Which will be my favorite robot? Decisions, decisions. Who to choose? I am going to kiss gently on a mission the submarine captain. Mm Mm-hmm. I am going to commit into a relationship with the football player and I'm going to shoot out of the submarine the guy with the dumb sunglasses. Mm. Again, slight variance. I would, uh, I think I'm going to kiss the, uh, kiss the football player. There's no real reason, really. I'm going to uh, start a relationship with the submarine captain. I think we'd have, we'd give each other enough space. You know, he's often under the water for a while and, and things will be nice when he comes back. And uh, I'm sending that sunglasses guy out because he's got a nuclear weapon in him. I don't, oh. want that, I don't want that one around me. No, I just it was just because the sunglasses. I'm fine with the nuclear weapon. <laughs> it's just the sunglasses are worse. And then lastly, just for fun, John Moore's back on this round. John Moore, Jake Cardigan, or Questor? Our leads of our last three things. Oh, good, good, th- good three. Because mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, last time we played this, Jake really got the shaft over and over. So I'm kind of curious to see if you think uh, he's been redeemed a little bit. He really did. I mean, he has been redeemed. I'm going to kiss him on a mission. Jake Cardigan gets kissed on a mission. Mm -hmm. I mean, long-term relationship with Quester because, I mean, he's a fully functional robot. Uh, You know what I mean. Wink. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we all know what you mean. You want to have sex with Questor. You don't need to wink. You love to have hot, passionate lovemaking with Quester. It is lovemaking. Don't cheapen it. And obviously I'm going to shoot more out of a submarine because he's the worst. I agree with you. I agree wholeheartedly. I can't believe it. I would rather spend time with Jake Cardigan than John Moore. Anyway, that's uh, that's our fun little game. Took That took a lot of effort, let me tell you. Yeah, all day. Yeah, all day to put that together. All right. Uh, before we get into the episode, actually, I just wanted to do a quick little recap here. Not really a recap, but what, what were your highlights of Beyond Westworld? I know it was a tough one, um, mm. but what was a highlight for you? Uh, I'm going to tell you a weird highlight. This is actually a highlight that connects to the other things that we watched was that um, there's a weird Star Trek connection with this show as well as the other two that we watched, which is um, a lot of weird Star Trek cast show up. So... So far, and correct me if I'm wrong, I count five Star Trek cast members that have shown up. You got uh, Tech War, Kirk, show, obviously, Dax uh, are both in Tech yep. War. In Quester, Chekhov is there. Yep. And in Beyond Westworld, 
Odo, and then spoiler for this episode, Sulu. Oh yeah, that's you're right. five. That's five cast members. So that was a highlight, which doesn't say much about Beyond Westworld. I mean, I do like the over reliance on uh, mannequins and throwing mannequins off of buildings and stuff on this show. That's funny, but I think the problem, one of the major problems with Westworld is that it's not even it's not really fun and it's not terribly inter- entertaining we're not and, doing low lights yeah oh we're not doing low lights anyways <laughs> uh positives uh i liked when the robot fell and the tape came out of their chest <laughs> that's about it honestly that's my highlight too when that robot hits the ground and his her robot yeah its chest explodes the there's best. also i mean there's the part where he t- the one captain takes his eyeballs out that was funny oh, that was good i forgot about that uh, there's a great reaction shot where the the guy with the sunglasses puts the nuclear bomb in him, and then his friend realizes, and he's like, <gasps> and there's a big zoom in. That's funny. Like, there's a few of those moments, maybe one an episode, but I don't know. Those are my highlights. I know you have a lot of low lights, so I'm not going to really get into them. Yeah. But I do, because you've been saying this for two episodes, probably you'll say it again this episode, and I just want to get into it. Your biggest complaint I've heard so far is that there aren't robots in this series about robots but every episode there are robots i'm just kind of curious why what you've meant by your complaint there aren't robots i I think it's i think it's how the robots are used there's almost invariably there's one robot they have to discover who the robot is right yeah but you never actually very rarely see them do robot things or i mean the, the it didn't it never needs to be a robot it could just be the show could just be who's the russian spy what would the robot need to do? Something science fiction-y. I don't know. Just something fun. I just want to do something. I don't, you don't learn anything about the robots. You don't, not that we need to get into a whole thing about like, do they have a soul or whatever, which is like one of the problems with the current West World show. They never stop with that. But I don't know. I just thought for a science fiction-y show, there's very little science fiction-y stuff that happens. It's a lot of John running around going, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But like, it's just lame 1980s actors wearing leisure suits and they never and then eventually they'll take an eyeball out. I don't know. Is that that's maybe not the most articulate way of explaining it. No, it's fine. I was just curious because almost every episode you're like, there there's are, not enough robots. I know not enough robots. Well, it just I feel like I feel like I'm watching the episode and it just goes on and on. I'm like, can someone just like open their chest and let me see their their circuitry? Like it happens once in a while, but just not enough, I think. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. You want more robot insights. Yeah, I want people's skin coming off and I can see their robots. That's what I'm looking for. Well, fair enough. Uh, in that case, let's let's move on into the final episode. Okay. See if this got any better for you. It didn't. Beyond Westworld Episode 5, Takeover. Moore and his team discover that one of Quaid's androids is posing as a police officer in the governor's security detail. I would sum this uh, episode up as... Another Beyond Westworld episode, wouldn't you? Every if if you like Beyond Westworld, th- this is another one. You're if you don't like more, it, it's another one. You get more of what you like. Yeah, you get more of what you like, or more of what you don't like. That's pretty much it. This I realized when I was taking down the synopsis uh, to read from IMDb. I realized in almost all of them they refer to Quaid's androids. They're always referring to them as androids in the synopsis. But they call them robots in the show, don't they? They exclusively call them robots in the show so so whoever's written these has editorialized them to call them androids which i thought is very funny for some reason i'm gonna say something crazy but what is the specific uh difference in the definition between a android and a robot 
You know, I don't know. My assumption would be humanoid robot. Right. So now my question is C-3PO an android or a robot? Because I thought he was a robot. But it's like now R2-D2 is clearly a robot, right? Oh, so C-3PO android. That's, I'm going to go out there and say it. I would think so, too, because he has limbs. He has the appearance of a human. Sorry. If, if, if I'm wrong, please feel free to disagree with me, people. But I think that's maybe the difference. Questor, android controversial <laughs> yeah controversial topics no um yeah I, I just thought it was really funny that someone wanted to correct I, i'm that. sure there's a definition we can look up but i also don't want to do that so it's fine all right well you want to get into this episode yeah so it starts in a really kind of weird way you're at a police station yeah where one of the police who you'll never meet this police officer has been suspended for killing a protester mm-hmm I, I assumed it was it was uh, killing one of the protesters in that episode where the band was playing. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> a little synergy there, yeah. the crossover between the episodes. But we will stay almost exclusively with the police squad who this man was suspended from, who wholeheartedly defends his right to murder that protester. Yeah, it is weird. Weird because, one, you never meet that police officer, which you think would be a plot, like a plot point that you meet. But it does. It's just... He's off there in the distance. And also, he was suspended. You'll never see I mean, there's a couple of things about it. One, I don't know if this is how press conferences were done before, but there was something very weird about a reporter just in the police station talking to police officers, just putting the mic in their mouth, or in, their, in front of their face, and them just giving sound bites. Like, it just seemed weird. And the second thing was, I was desperate, desperate for the group to be the group from Police Academy. Because I thought that would be just the weirdest thing ever. Like the one guy's making funny noises and stuff. And they're like, did my pants just rip? And then they're all laughing, you know. But it wasn't. It was because they sort of look like that. They sort of look like a weird motley group. So and I thought. I mean, they had that look of like an 80s, 70s police squad, which was like kind of ramshackle. Yeah. And anyways, it would have been funny if it was a crossover. But alas, it is not. Well, when you reboot it, you can figure that out. The captain of the squad, Nicholson, mm-hmm. after this press conference where they talk about the suspended police officer, he heads home and for some reason, Quaid has a robot attack him outside of his home. Yeah. Uh, they get in a bit of a struggle. The, the great scene though. Captain pops the robot's eye out of its socket. Yeah, that, that was great. It was hilarious. It was very funny. They just cut to a, like an eye flying through the air and landing on the ground. Yeah. And then, and then the guy's eye looked terrible after because they like had that one shot of him without his eyeball on, and it just looked like they put like a little black piece of tape on the guy's eyelid. Oh yeah, well they they only had so much special effects budget. Yeah, they they had to buy they had to pay for a bunch more mannequins. The uh, in the struggle though, the captain is his head is injured and he's rushed to the hospital. Yeah, didn't that seem by the way like a to go way overboard? He had like the most minor scratch on his head. And they're like, he's got to go to the hospital. And he's like, and we see him later. He's in the hospital room. Like he's there for a while. It's like for a tiny little head bump. Well, I mean, he he's brought in and a neurosurgeon is working on him. And it is George Decay. Yeah. Sulu. Uh, Cap, uh, not Captain Sulu. No, he becomes, well, he becomes Captain Sulu in the movies. Oh, there you go. Mr. Sulu. He's a doctor, though. And he's installing a chip into the captain's head. Because he's a robot. Yeah, but there's a weird thing, though, in this scene. Because uh, I actually thought, oh, this is one of the first times we see a robot right off the bat. Um, but then I, the weird thing about it was Sulu is the is the robot, but the POV shot is of someone watching him. So I was like, wait, is the nurse the robot? 
I, I initially caught that too. I think they're both robots. Oh, they're both robots. Okay, that makes so. And but you don't need to worry about it because that nurse will never show up ever again. Yeah, I mean Sulu will he is one barely scene. show up again. Yeah, there's no reason for him to be a robot. Well, again, why is he even a robot? Only robots could do the surgery. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Moore's taking because... work con- or not more. Quaid's taking work control over things. He's not relying on a single robot to get the job done anymore. He's an, he's now putting the whole army into effect. Yeah, I guess. At least in this plot, anyway. Yeah. Here's here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe it just speaks to what Star Trek was, but it's just really weird. Like today, if George Takei showed up in your show, it's going to be a huge cameo. Yeah. In this, he has basically got the role of a guy who like just showed up in Hollywood. He, this is like, he gets two lines. He's very excited to do it, but like he's already done Star Trek. He's- I think it was a different time. And I think, I don't think being on Star Trek particularly helped all these people's careers. Cause like, with the exception of of William Shatner, were any of them in anything else really? Not really. Yeah, it's it's so funny because it is. You're right. It's like it's a not a cameo. It's just a small sort of thankless role that he's doing. Yeah, I mean, two it's scenes. Like maybe paid two months of rent, if that. Yeah. Right. Like it. Like I just felt like not oh, the way he spends. Poor George Takei. He's struggling right now. Yeah. No, things got better for him. It did. No, things are great. He's a, he's a real celebrity now. Yeah. Not not in 1980. I guess it was because it was before Twitter, so he didn't have that following yet. Yeah. Um, so the reason we should mention, the reason uh, Quaid is putting uh, like a little note or l- whatever He's you call it. a chip it, in A little chip head. in the person's head because he wants to now control humans. Now, the weird thing about this, and we can talk about this more later, is he essentially wants to turn humans into robots. The same sort of way he can control them. It doesn't really explain how he can see through their eyes and hear what they're saying and all this sort of stuff because they show that. But what I didn't get is, I don't know how this is any better than having a robot. The robots look like humans. They act like humans. You can control them. Everything's exactly the same. So why even bother adding this extra big technology? It's it's a weird mind control thing. But I, I mean, I theorized it was so he had a way that John wouldn't be able to test for robots. But he, John, oh, doesn't, yeah. John doesn't know how to test for robots anyway. So it's right. Like, well, they're, um, always, they're always trying to triangulate the, the signal. Every episode, they're trying to triangulate a, a signal. Well, and the signal still goes to the chip. So that doesn't help them. Yeah. Either. It doesn't fix that problem. Yeah. I, uh, my question about his plan was when he sent the robot to attack the captain, was it, an, was it always just to like bonk him on the head so he had to go to the hospital? Or was he planning to kill him and replace him with a robot? And when that didn't work, he's like, oh, let's try this chip out. No, I think the plan was that he was always going to bonk him in the head, which I know is very specific. Maybe it was just injure him in anyway. You could stick the chip anywhere, maybe. You could put it, like, on his big toe. If he had stubbed his toe in the fight. Exactly. From that fight, though, the eye ends up back at Delos. The first time they've ever had actual evidence that a robot was involved in something. Well, no, that's not true. They had the, uh, they had the Pam bot. They, they tried figuring the tape with. Oh, no. I mean, the thing that brought them to the crime. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, that is true. Yes, you're right. Other than John just going, these french fries are a little bit saltier. I think there's a robot in the kitchen. Like, yeah. that's that's his that's his deductive reasoning. Yeah, this time they actually found a part of a robot. Yeah, and they go on about this eyeball forever. I, I stopped paying attention immediately. They showed, like, the same shot of this eyeball chart on the wall, and they just kept talking about how great this eyeball is. And I'm like, okay, get it. Move they're, on. They're blown away. The eyeball has been upgraded by Quaid since it was at Westworld. Yeah. And I believe they say it's as powerful as a telephone cable, 
Yeah, they do say that. And a telephone cable can handle thousands of calls. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I guess so can that eyeball. Yeah, the eyeball is so technologically advanced. It's as advanced as a telephone. Yeah. It still makes this noise when it's recording. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, that's robot vision. Because of this, they're, they're worried the captain was replaced by a robot. So they rush off to the hospital. Pam puts on a fake wig. Oh, it was a bad wig, too. Yeah, it was a very bad wig. And what I thought was a huge coup for them at Delos, they asked to take his blood as part of the hospital. They were pretending to be a nurse to take his blood. I'm yeah. like, oh, finally, you thought that was a great way to figure out if he's a robot. Like, you should have been doing this all along. Can I, can I jump in with one thing that we, we jumped over? There was one part where they were talking about the robot that attacked the cop, and they had a funny line, and they said, John said, that sounds like it was a maximum strength robot. And I thought, a maximum strength? I'm like, is there... I like I liked thinking that the robots were ranked like you would do like an Advil. Like there's regular strength, you know, uh, extra strength, maximum strength. I was like, well, I think all the robots are probably maximum strength, right? It was just such a dumb, weird line. And I was like, well... We're just learning all the secrets of these robots now. We know they all have one weakness. There's different strengths. We have different strengths. Yeah. Some of them, their eyes are bad. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we know anything. There's been two the of them that have had bad eyes. That's really weird. Magnetic tapes. See, it's yeah. all part of the mythology, the world <laughs> yeah, yeah, building of yeah. Beyond Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. You feel you feel like you're in the world. Anyway, so Pam was, uh, she takes blood. But you're right. That is the first time they've done something other than just trying try, to triangulate the uh, the signal is, oh, what they if we sus- just start testing for robots? They suspect he's a robot. They put on the guy's vendors. They take his blood. They know he's not a robot. What are the legal ramifications, though? Because in this episode, we're going to a little spoiler. John dresses up like a cop. She dresses up like a nurse. Is Delos just allowed to do whatever they want? Because that's fraud, isn't it? Yeah, no, they're above the law. That was how the whole first episode started. Yeah, but it just seems, I don't know. I mean, it's a bad idea. That's what I mean. It's a bad idea. Now that they know he's not a robot, John, like, for the first time ever, maybe not the first time ever, John comes clean with the captain. He's just like, I'm this robot hunter. You were attacked by a robot. I think that means there's something wrong in the force. Yeah. The captain's job, like his squad's job is they like protect dignitaries when they come through town. Was that and, what they were? I didn't quite understand why they were always going around together. Yeah. it's it, Their job, I guess, was to protect people when they come, like important people when they come to town. That's They're getting prepped for the governor's coming through town. He's got a debate. He's up for election. Yeah. That's what's coming next. So John's like gotta do it's gotta have something to do with the governor coming to town and he asks if he can join the squad yeah which let me just say i know this is like sort of a plot you've probably seen in a bunch of things movies and tv where someone is undercover and stuff but the weird thing is the group that he joins they're all, they're very suspicious of because he's, he's replacing this cop that you never see again that's off the group because he's, yeah, he's killed got a someone. suspension yeah so he, that's who's john replacing so they're always kind of testing him and they don't really know how they feel about him he's an outsider into their group but like if i just tomorrow had to pretend to be a police officer i wouldn't know what that what i was doing like i wouldn't know where to go what paperwork is who's in charge of what like and I know that doesn't that's not what this show is, and that would be a weird thing to spend a lot of time of him being confused and he doesn't know where the washroom is. But they keep doing a thing where no matter what John does, he's an expert. Oh, I can fix a race car. I can be a cop. I can I know how to operate a submarine. It's like, give me a break. I don't know. It's just it just seems like a weird thing, and it's just because they have to have him in every major thing while Pam's off into the corner not doing anything. Yeah, he he's the jack of all trades who can do anything, and everyone else is barely a character. 
that was a much more succinct way of saying what I said. <laughs> much, much better. I do like, though, because uh, as soon as you, like, you said the squad immediately hates him. Like the first yeah. shot we get is he's pulling up on his cop motorcycle and they cut him off and knock him off the motorcycle and then start just bad mouthing him and saying he's internal affairs. And I'm like, oh, I like this episode already. They yeah. hate John yeah. so much. I, I assume they had watched previous episodes of Beyond Westworld. That's why they hated him so much. There was so much animosity and it stays the whole episode. It's like everyone just hates John. Yeah, the, the cops. That, that was one of the better things is it did at least give the sense of the cops had a very internalized group and they didn't want outsiders, which I think is probably pretty true of a cop if you just suddenly someone comes in it's like no no we have a group where we protect each other and i just anyway. like that i had people i empathize with the show because they hate john and i hate john yeah right get along because they protect the dignitaries and their governor's coming to town their first gig basically is they have to go to this auditorium where the debate's happening and they're i guess scouting it out to see if there's any hidden traps for the governor it's not like i guess I don't know what they're doing there. They're basically securing the location, the squad. It's funny because that when that scene happened, I was like, why are they there? I didn't even catch that the thing the governor was happening because I was just, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I was like, and now they're looking at a, a they're in a theater or an auditorium. What is happening? And I, anyways, it was just, it just seems like there's scenes after scenes and they don't really aren't that connected. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but. I, also, I, also my attention. Your attention span might be part of the problem. Yeah, it might be. Uh, there's a scene right before this where Quaid talks about how, like Quaid, Quaid has the robot so he can see what's happening and he sees John is on the team. And in typical Quaid fashion, instead of alerting everyone else that, that you know, he's not a real cop, he's like, let's just see how this plays out. And I'm like, Quaid, you do this every time. It's like, why let it play out? Kill him. You could have the cop like, uh, you know, kill him without having any, you know, uh, just pretending it was some sort of accident or something. But he's like, no. Eh, Let's see how this works. Let's see how he does. He needs to know what John's up to. They always have to have this like the lamest mental chess match happening every episode. And it's like no one cares and it's not impressive and it's boring. I guess it's kind of what it is. They're like this battle of wills, but their wills are very like stupid. Yeah, it's just not interesting. It's like, oh, these two. Uh, how could you find two greater champions fighting each other? And it's like one's like an old guy who never gets out of his caravan. And John's apparently a lame jack of all trades. Ooh, well, who cares who wins? You know, more robots. Am I right? You just want the robots I to win. I just want robots to win and then like open their chest and I'd be like, oh, look at all those cables. That's all I want. <laughs> you know, blinking lights. At this auditorium, John is trying to, he's obviously looking for robots while everyone else is looking for threats to the governor. So he climbs up to the catwalk and he's inspecting like a stage light above the catwalk for a very long time. He just yeah. stares at this light. You can see the actor like working really hard to like <laughs> seem engaged of looking at just the stage light. So at this point, the Quaid decides to like test his chip. Yeah. So he calls into the captain and he's like, kill John Moore. He such a blunt instrument. Anytime it's just like, just kill him. I don't care how just robot. Yeah. Well, it's also head. it's also a weird kind of blind spot in this show, which is the robots are supposed to be these great impervious things but they also they really are shown to just kind of work like remote remote control cars he always has to tell them what to do like all the time do you know what i mean and it's like it'd be like walk right now turn left open the door like it seems like he has to watch them and push the action constantly um and i was like why can't you just have these robots like could he have earlier said when you get a chance kill kill john but it's like he has to be like now now's the time push him grab him and it's like uh 
Yeah, it, it, it is always the most blunt force. He's never a plan behind it. Just like, yeah. I don't know, just go kill him. Yeah. So, big surprise. There's a big light right above John. I wonder what's going to happen. Well, yeah, he climbs up to an even... The captain climbs up to an even higher catwalk. And while John is inspecting his light, worried that it might fall into the governor, the captain starts undoing a light above John. Where but he's it, fighting it the whole time. He's, he's His... his uh, his moral compass is fighting the chip. His human brain is fighting the chip. He's not sure if it, he, he can do it, but the and chip the guy's really got to act because he's really got to show that. Yeah. I'm fighting it. He's, he's got to struggle physically, so we know his emotional yeah. struggle. Yeah, it's it's a very constipated sort of look at all times. Uh, I gotta say though, what a classic gag! Dropping a light on someone. Yeah, I know. He it, it, he's like uh, be like Bugs Bunny as much as possible. It's about to happen. He's about to do it, and then in walks Pam pretending to be a reporter suddenly yeah she looks up and she shouts john look out and john like jumps out of the way of this light just the last and i think this might be and correct me if i'm wrong this might be the only time pam has ever been useful in the show is this it i think this was it i want to say no but i'm not coming up with an example off the top of my head yeah she's never been useful before that's and that's not the character's fault they just didn't they've never had her do anything i'm really struggling i'm trying to think of some thing she's done and it's not coming to me yeah let's just leave it at she's never done anything useful except for go hey there's a light what i like though is she can clearly from the shot the way it's shot she can see the captain dropping the light on him yeah but no one ever confronts him they're like oh what a weird accident that happened well, yeah no they, they go what happened he was like oh i'm sorry i must have accidentally touched it or whatever it's like there's no way you accidentally did that but yeah it doesn't it doesn't really matter look over there but this basically starts off what will happen a few times over the episode is Quaid testing the captain's chip. Mm-hmm. The next time we see it, the captain's gone home. He's hanging out with his wife. It's my favorite. It's my favorite scene of the episode. And we and we learn he's got two foster kids. The adoption agency's there. They're adopting them. They've brought the paperwork to do yeah. the adoption. And Quaid <laughs> decides this is a great time to test his chip by fucking him over and ruining the adoption. Yeah. By just but but what I like the adoption. It's all ready to go. All he needs to do is sign his he just name. Has to sign the paper. And, and and Quaid's like, what if we have not signed his name? Like, What's, yeah, it's so him and the professor, because the professor from Gilligan's Island is back, who's now apparently like his right hand man. He's never been there before, but they have to keep uh, giving whatever. It's increasing the intensity, so he can't fight it. And then he just like freaks out and doesn't sign his papers. He's like, I I don't even know if I want kids. And I was like, but it was I was like, wouldn't he? Should he have had to tell him what to say? They just, they just, uh, they never really explained how the chip works. They increase the intensity and then he does the opposite of what he normally would do. Is that how it works? It's not like he's more susceptible to commands or anything. They just up the intensity and then suddenly he doesn't want to sign the papers anymore. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know how they give him the suggestion of what he wants to do. You're right. They just turn a dial. And that's it. And then, uh, yeah, I guess he just does the opposite of what he wanted to. Because, yeah, he just refuses to sign the papers. Yeah, so if, like, he was going to go, he's like, I really got to go pee. And they're like, turn up the intensity. He's like, I don't want to pee anymore. That's about it, I guess. That's how it works. That's a great example, by the way. That's a good, that's a good example. That would have been as interesting a scene as most of them in Beyond Westworld. Watching a guy decide should he or should he not urinate. It, it is a fun, I like when the scene ends because the adoption lady leaves and they're going to rethink whether they should have the kids. Like, Quaid really ruins this man's life. Yeah. Uh, and his wife asks him, she's like truly confused. She's like, what's wrong? And he just like yells, I don't know. Yeah. And that was all the answer she needed. He doesn't know. He has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Well, like what I would assume at this point is I would, if I was him, 
immediately go to the doctor and say, I have some mental issues, which he kind of does. He does. He goes to see Sulu again. Yeah. And Sulu's like, eh, don't worry about it. As your robot doctor. As your robot doctor, everything seems fine. Everything seems okie dokie. Yeah. He kind of just advises him just to go with it. It'll be, it'll work out. Yeah. Um, and there's really one more example before we get to the finale where he's in front of the press and they're asking him questions and Quaid turns the <laughs> dial again. And I guess you're right. It's the opposite of what he wants to say because he gets the captain to forgive the suspended cop. Like he gets him to be like, yeah. I'm revoke. I'm removing his suspension. He did nothing wrong shooting that protester right in the face. And so all the co- the cops are happy with it because their friend is going to be a cop again. But clearly he was in the wrong. So it's like, I get, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously if his captain, if the opposite of his captain wants to do is let him back, uh, the cop obviously did something wrong. Yeah. It's great though, because as we watch this, Quaid's getting more and more excited about this chip he's got. And he, he even says at some point that this chip is the ultimate expression of technology, a human robot. Yeah. It's, but he already has human robots. It's such a weird, as I know, he has so many robots. This thing that kind of works. Well, here's the thing. And we can get back to the episode shortly, but it's a cool idea, but it doesn't make sense because he already has the robots. It's like, just use them better. He's just been using them in a dumb way. Like, oh, I'll just send one robot out. It's like, send a 50 of them with guns. You can't beat them. You know what I mean, like there's so many different things you could do and he always does the same thing. Like, uh, if I get this guy to uh, go to medical school for four years uh, and then the robot will meet someone else who will be human, but then I'll replace that human with a robot. And then eventually uh, that person will become something It's like, oh, just use a robot to kill someone or do something. But this technology is worse than the robot because they have to keep fighting, fighting the person's moral compass or fighting their uh, uh, their normal intentions. So it's like, the robots don't do that. So why is this a better technology? It's a much, much worse technology. Yeah, he has to monitor them 24-7 to make it work. It, it's very funny that he, this is what he's committed to yeah. in this episode. It's, again, it's it's the writers came up with an interesting idea, but there's it's they should have stopped at page one. And now it doesn't work. In, this, in the context of the show, it's never going to work. Yeah, it's never going to work. We'll go back to the episode now. Not that that's super great, because the episode is now John and Pam wandering around trying to figure out who the robot is. Yeah. I do like, though... Pam embeds herself as a reporter with the police department. There's a fun there, that yeah, that was funny because there's a couple scenes with it, which is Pam at one point. Uh, John actually has an honest thing. I don't know if it happens here, and you might have to uh, correct me, but she they're in a hotel room, and John's got we, one one thing is the largest newspaper I've ever seen. It takes up like the entire bed, and and he says like I just don't even know what to do now. I don't know how to find this robot, and she's like she basically says. Well, I really can't talk about this. I'm busy because I have to write my article. And I was like, oh, she's really getting into this character. She's actually writing the article to for apparently her, for her fake reporter, for her persona. fake reporter position at the fake, fake newspaper. I'm like, why are you writing the article? And then later she actually has to do an interview with a cop. And for whatever reason, they have the interview down by a pool. And well, these she, are all interrelated, actually. Yeah. Okay. These all make sense together. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, they, maybe you should take it that because I'm just like, what is happening? But why is she so dedicated to this this position? They need her to be a reporter because Moore's already embedded. So now they need some reason for Pam to also be there. So she's coming and she tells the cops she's going to write a very complimentary article about them because that reporter had it or that protester had it coming. So she's right. there. That's why the cops are like, oh, yeah, then you can hang out with us because 
you're not fake news. Right. So now that both of them, they're there on the squad, they're like, how do we figure out who the robot is? The first thing they do is go to this actually very cool firing range. That was good. It's but like, there's a funny scene right after it. It's kind of, I mean, the technology's outdated, but the idea of it is still very cool. Like, I would do this today. It's sort of it a kind of almost virtual reality thing where there's a screen and you're in a real life situation and you shoot the screen with, what do they say, like plastic bullets or Wax something like that? Bullets. Wax they, bullets. They, yeah, they have like a video reenactment of like a heist, some sort of convenience store robbery. And the which, police, which, by the way, police actually do. Yeah. Uh, and the police are supposed to come in with wax bullets, and then they shoot at the screen, which has a sensor board behind it, and it evaluates their responses of, like, where the bullets hit and what happened and is able to tell them how well they're doing. And, of course, John does it, and they're like, ooh, you're perfect. I yeah, like, he, he, he's the of course he is shot at everything, which I was like, that's a fun technology. I would do that. That'd be a lot of fun. The reason that this is useful to Pam and, uh, Pam and John is because they'll be able to figure out who the robot is on the police force because, and this is good robot mythology for you, yeah. the robot's vision is based on heat and it can't track motion, so it won't be able to do well at this video test because it can't. I know it's see it's apparently motion? the Tyrannosaurus Rex from uh, from uh, Jurassic Park. You just can't see motion or whatever it is. But it was just it was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, we haven't ever heard that before in the previous four episodes. It it seems like a very bad vision based system. Well, again, these robots aren't terribly good. Like they, for the amount of time they're always worried about the robots, I'm like, they seem to be a million flaws with these things. It's true. But the next cop who gets up to shoot ruins the whole thing. Because by, by she, but someone, someone has put real bullets in, but when she shoots the screen, like what was she shooting with a missile? It makes like a three foot hole in the screen. I was like, no bullet would do that. Yeah. Her, her like her, it was crazy. Her loaded gun with a real bullet destroys the screen so Pam and John's plan of figuring out who the robot was is immediately defeated. And they're like, and they're like, and uh, um, the professor from Gilligan's Island's like, nice one, Quaid. Or he's like, he's like, checkmate or something like that. And they're all very pleased with themselves before they go to commercial break. I was like, mm, okay. So they have to move on to their next plan to find the robot, which is Pam writes a real newspaper article. Right. And, and what she, what she, her, yeah, yeah her plan is there's one cop who wants to read the article Pam plans to have him meet her at his hotel by the pool. You know what? Uh, I have to say a lot of this does make more sense, and I clearly was not paying attention. Clearly was not. Well, I mean, this is still an insane plan because her plan is she'll meet him by the pool, and if he tans, he's not a robot. But if he doesn't tan in the sun, yeah. he must be a robot. I know. So it her- is really weird. All their oh, – like, it's just really weird. It's it's a very strange plan of like I'm going to figure out if he's a robot – by watching if he tans. Yeah, it's a long it's a long time to wait, too. Like, is she going to go meet him later that night? Because sometimes he's like, you know, burn or whatever. doesn't show up for a while. It, it's not. It's a long-term plan, that's for sure. Yeah. They go down. He's reading the article. Pam's very frustrated because he chose to sit under an umbrella. Yeah. And she sl- sl- slowly yeah. starts moving the umbrella she, off she him. She suddenly moves the umbrella off his leg so it's in full sun. At which point, does he scream? He, like, he basically gets upset because he's allergic to the sun yeah not good for a cop and he's like ah and then they show like the most intense blister you could ever possibly get in two seconds a huge gross blister on his foot from the sun like he's a vampire that's been in the sun like it's like really pus filled it's really gross and then she's like let me rub cream on it yeah she feels so bad she gets down on her hands and knees 
and rubs cream into the disgusting <laughs> blister. Yeah, it's really weird. And I was like, this is so bad. And then he makes a crack. He's like, maybe I should get blisters all over my body. I'm like, no, it's even worse. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's so not sexy gross. at all. What if, uh, what would you say if my genitals were full of disgusting pus-filled blisters? Oh, stop it. You know? How'd you like that impersonation of Pam? Pretty good? I, I mean... Spot on. Spot, spot on. Spot on. Yeah. Great. You nailed it. <laughs> so, yeah, now we've cleared this cop of being a robot in the weirdest possible way. Yeah. So we got one who uh, is, he, is he the only one who's cleared at He's this the point? only one who's cleared right now. Right. What's great, though, is how little they this show cares about its own show because they continue a conversation for a few more minutes and they cut to a wide shot and his leg is still in the sun. Oh, is it? I didn't yeah. notice. They just cut back. Like, <laughs> still in the sun. The actor's not bothering to pull it out. They've just done a whole scene with the blister. Like, that does ah, that does seem like a anymore. sort of um, uh, naked gun esque sort of joke that you know they'd cut back and then his foot would just be on fire or something, and they're just continuing the conversation. But the show's not nearly that funny. Oh, this show has, does not pay a close enough attention to detail to yeah. pull off a gag. We then move on to actually see. This is interesting. In this search for who the robot might be, we actually for the first time see Oppenheimer at Delos. And he has a whole team of people working with him. They're going They're. I don't know where they got this idea from, but they're, they decide to check out and make sure the governor who's coming to town is not a robot. Right. So Oppenheimer's talking to two or three different staff. They're comparing his voice. Oh, that's right. Speeches yeah. Yeah. To old speeches to make sure they're the same. And he's talking to all kinds of extras, all kinds of lines as if there's like a whole staff that's working at Dallas. It's the first time they've ever had any organization since the first episode behind the scenes. Like it was very, it was, I was like, this is so weird that now suddenly in the I, last episode, well, it has, it has a similar um, uh, issue uh, that tech war had, which is you're like, what is this office like? Like it's never really clear and it seems inconsistent at best. Yeah. And in this case, they clear the governor because they're looking at all this. They're looking at all his voice patterns to see if anything's changed in the last few months. If he's become a robot, and uh, everything's coming up negative, so that's a dead end for them. Yeah. And they call that into Moore and Pam, which is great because John's sitting in his hotel room bed and he's like, "I'm running out of intuition." Is like, that what he said? Yeah. His whole his whole robot finding plan is based around his intuition as to what or who might be a robot. And he's despairing because he's run out of intuition on this. I like to think he does that all the time. Like he's out at dinner and he's like, he's like halfway through and he's like, he's halfway through his meal and he says, I'm, I'm running out of hunger. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up in the morning. He's like, I've run out of tiredness. <laughs> Anyways, we can keep going. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, he's not totally out of intuition because he decides maybe he should look into all these weird mood swings the captain's been having. Yeah. At which point he goes to the hospital and at the hospital, they can't find any Dr. Sulu. There never was a Dr. Sulu. He doesn't get suspicious enough to look into it any further. But Because uh, like, he's a terrible, terrible detective or whatever he is. Yeah, at least he did enough detective work to ask around about something. He doesn't do anything else. They should have found that other doctor. Remember that one doctor in the episode who was quite happy to let him just see the old dead body? Remember That's that? true. That guy would have been a lot more helpful. Yeah, he's, he's fine giving any information you want. It's at this point that the governor arrives on his way to the debate... The police are there kind of scoping it out. And as the moderator is setting up the debate, he suddenly drops a whole load of exposition on us. Did you, you, you heard all this, right? What? Remind me. At the beginning of the debate, the moderator gets up before any of it starts. And he says, starts talking about how the governor 
two years ago was in a car accident that he miraculously recovered from and now he's on his way to being right. president he should be president any day now yeah i'm like well he couldn't possibly be the robot with such coincidences like that yeah uh they really like start dropping this like their hints are very very yes. red flaggy right he's, now he's he's the robot <laughs> yeah he's a robot even though they cleared him already they cleared him there because they didn't go back far enough yeah they just Which, didn't check let me ask you westworld seemed to have been destroyed four weeks ago so uh quaid's been doing up to this plan for a very long time he's been he's been putting plans in and failing for quite a while quite a long time westworld t- was just one of them this is a two-year plan in the making, this governor one. Yeah. There's also, uh, it's a really offhanded remark, but uh, someone, some some ADR line in the background of someone walking by, walks past the stage, and they're like, oof, those lights are really, really hot. Yeah. Well, because that's going to be important later. Because these robots are, are not like humans. But at this point, I don't think Mel was watching when she walked by, and she's like, oh, is the robot's face going to melt off during the debate? I'm like, oh, that'd be so good if that happened. <laughs> no, that, that's an example of what I would love for robots to happen. That's the stuff I want. I want robots melting and stuff. And you almost never get that in this show. I, she said it. I got my hopes up because I'm like, that would be amazing if during the debate, it's the robot's much, much revealed lamer. by his face melting off. Yeah. Sadly, it doesn't happen. Uh, but good idea. <laughs> so at this point, the Quaid starts signaling the robot that he does have on the force. So what we're seeing now is... The governor's a robot. He's got a chip in the captain's head, and there's a robot in the police force. He's yeah. got all his robots in play right it, now. It is the first time in five episodes that Quaid has, I think, used more than one more than one robot at a time. Like it's finally doing something. Like, okay, this makes sense. You have all these robots. Why always bring out one? Yeah, I mean, with the with the doctor and the nurse, that's five robots. Yeah, this this by this show. I'm I'm not complaining. This episode, this one at least had a few more robots. Few more robots. Yeah. Pam and John are able to triangulate the signal to figure out which cop is a robot. And as soon as he does, he steals a garbage truck. Yeah, this is a great scene. Uh, it's one of those garbage trucks that picks up like dumpsters. So it's got the forklift prongs yeah. on it. Yeah. And he drives that into the robot, impaling the robot on the prongs. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And, and then, then and then picks it up and like tosses it in the yeah. garbage. And then he lifts it up and dumps it into the trash over his head. Yeah. And uh, it's great because at that point they're like, well, our job here is done. They basically wipe their hands. They're like, there's never two robots. Also, we did it. that's going to be horrifying for the the garbage person who's uh, cleaning that up later. Just seeing a body, you know, body just laying there, even if it's a robot. Well, I mean, to be fair, that garbage uh, man that uh, has just seen John steal his truck and drive yeah, away. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. He's very, dr- stole his truck, drove away, drove into a police officer. He, this garbage man doesn't know there are robots in the world. He yeah. just saw a man steal a garbage truck and impale a police officer. <laughs> that garbage man seems is good to me. Very confused as to what's happening. <laughs> they go back into the debate. They're very pleased with themselves, but then their signal detector starts going off, and they're like in shock that there could be a second robot because they're just two dummies. They couldn't imagine yeah. more than one robot being nearby. It's at this point that Quaid is sending a signal to the captain, being like. I need you to shoot the governor. Yeah. And we see the captain struggling to pull out his gun, fighting the urge to shoot the governor. Which, which, by, which, by the way, breaks the rule of what we thought it was. He actually, instead of, he doesn't just turn up the intensity and the guy pulls the gun. He actually tells him how to do it. So he apparently can give him commands. He just hasn't up to this point. Yeah, I guess so. He just, he just wanted to see what happened when he turned the knob. Yeah. John catches 
sight of the captain pulling his gun out and he's like oh no he's he's gonna shoot the governor so he runs on stage and like grabs the governor and starts dragging him off stage to save his life at which point pam yeah that's great starts yelling no sweat there's no sweat yeah john he's not sweating clearly a robot clearly robots don't sweat they they cut to a few close-ups of the moderator and his opponent in the debate they're both sweating buckets they're just like drenched in sweat yeah and then the cat and the governor's not John is still very confused. So he's like half pulling the governor off. He's like kind of staring at his face, not sure what's going on. At this, By this point, the captain has pulled his gun out. And uh, bad luck for Quaid, he happens to shoot the robot in his one weak spot, the back of his head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it's funny coincidence, though. Did you know my weak spot is getting shot in the back of my head, too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine's not. No, it's not. My, my problem is if you uh, accidentally dip any of my skin in water instantly instantly break down we're all different yeah we're all different any other other robots though if he had shot him in the back of the head it would have been fine, it would have been fine. this one that, had that it problem was really bad luck for quaid yeah that in his plan to fake an assassination attempt on the governor that his human robot accidentally shot him in his one weak spot the yeah. back of his head yeah this this plan was flawed all over the place no no i think it was a good plan because his plan and let's let's just let's recap his plan was to get the governor to win, become a governor, so that he eventually would become president, so that he could rule the United States, right? That's his plan? We'll get into this, I guess, in a second, but John literally recaps everything at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah because, because he has to, because you're like, what? What is happening? This plan doesn't make any sense. I, I, I only stop you there, because I just want to note this one thing. Uh, you know, Nicholson is still under Quaid's control, so John chases after him. In, into the basement? Into the basement that is full of parade floats and like masks and stuff. Yeah, this is the second series where a confrontation has happened around just giant parade floats in like weird costumes. I I was hoping it was the exact same place and that would that would be the answer. Like, oh, they just people just keep going to this place. It's got great props of like you know dinosaurs and stuff. But no, it's just it's just a weird coincidence. There's another show with this. It's just like not only is it the same kind of like room, which is weird. The two shows is going to both series finales. Oh, that's right. So yeah, that both is weird. these shows. Well, that's you want to end your show with, with a bang, you know. You yeah, got You got to have floats with this weird float sequence, and also like Tech War, John talks the captain out of being brainwashed. Much like Jake did, he just tells him like, "Don't be brainwashed anymore." <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He's like, "I know, I know, Quaid has done something to you, but I don't worry about it. Just stop." I know being everything. Brainwashed. Everything in the episode to this point says you can't fight the chip, but why don't you just do it? And he's like, "Yeah, okay." It's like, there's a chip in your head. Just don't listen to it. I know you haven't thought of that yet. You've just been doing whatever it says. But what if I told you? Just don't. He should have found those uh, guts when he was supposed to sign the. Uh, adoption paper instead of having those kids sent back to vietnam or wherever they were from yeah john where were you then <laughs> where were you then once he talks about being brainwashed we cut back to a absolutely furious quaid he's so angry that this chip failed he has a great line can i oh, say what his line is do you have that line written down? Yeah. it's amazing he says he's he's kind of almost doing like a soliloquy about all the sort of what's happened and then he says the well the part i wrote down was I just can't depend on any technology that isn't 100% reliable. I'm like, what? Oh, you didn't even write down the best line. Oh, what is it? Well, he's freaking out. This is what he's like. Not only are human beings boring, they also can't be trusted. That's true. He did say that as well. I was like, 
Your problem with humans is they're boring. Yeah. Robots were way better. Way more fun. You ever gone out with a robot on a Friday night? Just you can't compare to a human. Humans have the worst taste in everything. They're yeah. so boring. They're but, so bourgeois. But also, he he's like... He's complaining that his technology, he only wants perfect technology, so he doesn't want to ever use this mind thing again. I'm like, but so far you're batting zero. The robots have never worked, ever. So, like, you actually love technology that doesn't work very well. He's yeah, a liar. It, Quaid's a liar. Quaid doesn't know what he wants. He has yeah. a, Everything falls apart. He just blames human beings. Yeah, and then it was pretty much the and end of the he episode. he is a human being, and everything goes wrong. Oh. Oh. He hates he, himself. Yeah. Oh, the show makes a lot of sense now. It's, uh, it's uh, not very good. Not very. No, good it's very deep. It's a very thoughtful show. No, it's not. <laughs> and that's it. That's the show. It's it's the end of the show. It's end of the series. Like well, well, I mean, we can talk, but you can see why the show didn't didn't make it past. Well, I mean, really, didn't make it past three episodes. It was five episodes, but you know, it, yeah, it's not good. Do you want to talk about some final thoughts? Yeah, uh, let's do a little final thoughts. I, as you noted with the. Um, professor from Gilligan I, I read an article because we're not the only people who realized watching Beyond Westworld was good synergy for Westworld being on right now right there was, it was an IGN uh, article online where they kind of went into it they didn't get into it any deeper than we did like it's about the same but they did note uh, two additional cameos actually oh really that we missed uh, that we missed in the sort of footage where they're showing Westworld before it fell apart though like the woman who's in some of the footage was Elvira from before she was oh kind of really Elvira. I know exactly who it is yeah yeah and then and this is maybe mostly for me I don't I don't know if you watch this show but one of the roadies in the band episode mm-hmm. was uh, Dirk Blocker who plays Hitchcock on uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine one of the like slovenly detectives on the show I never saw the show but I'll take your uh, take uh, your word for it I, he's he's very good on the show and it was funny to see oh well, this is where he got his start hmm. and. I well, I was looking at this episode. I was kind of going through the cast. Now that I knew there's like, oh, there's all kinds of weird people who are like in background roles, and I think he might be one of the cops in this episode. But apparently, one of the guys in this is the bad guy in all the Karate Kid movies. Yes, and then also still in the new YouTube Cobra Kai series. Yeah, like, I actually forgot to mention it. Yes, he's and you can spot him right away because he just has that look. He's he's the cop with the kind of curly hair and the and the bum chin. Um, but yeah, it's not a lot of clothing thoughts. I mean, obviously, we don't need to talk about what a better version of the show would be. I mean, I'd say Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan have done a much better job thinking about what a Westworld TV show might be yeah. like. I mean, there's a couple things that uh, I don't know if you if you feel the same way, but there's some I don't know if there's similar problems to Tech War, um, but I think I think you can. Uh, what was something that we're kind of getting here after watching? You know, what is this? Ten ten things we've watched. Ten episodes of various shows and things something it's almost an intangible thing that's not working on the shows whether it's the cast isn't quite right or the writing isn't quite right or the budget doesn't match the expectations which does just you can just tell something's not jiving yeah um, and i felt the same way in tech war and in kind of a different way in beyond westworld well, i think westworld's problem is they commit to a format a format that isn't that interesting for the concept. Yeah. So they're just hamstrung by the same who done it, who's the robot every episode. And there's just they have nothing new to say in that world, but they're and, just like that's and the, the format. And the leads aren't the the lead in like both this and tech war. Nothing against either actor, but the leads are just like lame characters. Like well, I, I didn't like either of them. I was just like, oh, I don't care. All the other characters are much more interesting. I'd rather watch Oppenheimer with his bow tie. Yeah, Pam would be much more interesting to watch too. Like she seems more competent. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to give the you want to give this last episode a rating? Oh, what would I give this last episode? Uh, 
I was really bored. I give it a, I don't know, four and a half. I'm coming back up for this one. It's coming back to a five for me. Yeah. So uh, a big turnaround from last week, I'd say. Yeah, you were giving all ones, weren't you? It, it was a low, it was a low low times for me last episode. Yeah, I think this one this one was when did you were you bored out of your mind? No, I I, I found this far more engaging than the last two. Oh, uh, well, you just had Westworld fatigue. This beyond Westworld fatigue hit you this week. I think maybe that's what it was. Yeah, well, but it's over, so who cares? Yeah, why'd you hit it so much then? Yeah, I don't know. It just did. But honestly, it was like every three minutes I was uh, I felt like I was stopping the episode to find something else to do. At one point, I literally did dishes because that was more interesting than watching the show. Well, no wonder you couldn't follow the plot. Yeah. So that's that's, you know, that's on me. All right. With those two ratings, the final series average for Beyond Westworld is 4.65. So it's actually lower than uh, Tech War. Yeah, it's lower than Tech War. I think that's about right. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Tech War was a better show than Beyond Westworld. No, without a doubt, it was a better show. If, if you ask, I don't me, know if it's without a doubt. I think you could have some doubt. No, without a doubt. If you <laughs> ask me which I would recommend you watch, a Tech World all the way. We can't. We always already said we would not recommend Tech War. You can't go back on that now. I think I called it Tech World this time. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe Tech World's just a better name. Yeah, it just you want to be honest. Say to be honest, it makes more sense than Tech War. There's no war happening except for the Brazil War. Yeah, that's in the past, and now it's a tech world. Anyway, do you think um, uh, there'll be some time in the future where we don't talk about tech war so much? <laughs> I know, I don't. <laughs> Noah. This know. is it for the rest of our life. So that was that's Beyond Westworld. Yeah, so I think we're going to go beyond Beyond Westworld now and go to Riverworld, Yeah, which is a, a mid-2000s TV movie. Yeah. I know nothing about I it. I don't know anything. Uh, we're both going in completely, completely blank, so it'll be interesting to see... I don't know anything about it. I'm assuming it has to do with um, a river and a world. That's yeah. all I know about it. All we know is it makes perfect sense to watch a river world after a Beyond Westworld. Yeah, that's it. So that's what we'll be watching next week. And uh, it's a one time, as you called it before, a uh, palate cleanser uh, before our next series. But uh, that's what we'll be watching uh, next time. Yeah. In the meantime, you can reach us at continuumdrag at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at continuumdrag. Well, Jordan... Thanks for joining me. See you next week. I'll see you next time. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astrolab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rexiedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Emily Carter, and Dwayne Wright.